is now 7.06. You have exactly eight hours and 54 minutes to ponder the error of your ways. Any questions? Yeah. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? A brain, a beauty, a jock, a rebel, and a recluse. I can't believe this is really happening to me. Before this day is over, they'll break the rules. <laughs> Chicks, can I hold a smoke? That's what it is. Bear their souls. I'm a nymphomaniac. Are your parents aware of this? Take some chances. Being bad feels pretty good. Huh? And touch each other in a way they never dreamed possible. Why'd you do that? Because I knew you wouldn't. The Breakfast Club. They only met once. I don't want to be alone anymore. You don't have to be. But it changed their lives forever. I, mean, I consider you guys my friends. I'm not wrong, am I? Universal Pictures presents Emilio Estevez, Paul Gleason, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy in a John Hughes film. Why are you being so nice to me? Because you're letting me. The Breakfast Club. everybody this is tony with the stranger things podcast and tonight we're covering chapter nine piggyback volume two so i'm gonna jump right into the episode uh so hopper's plan to trap the upside down uh creatures in the jail pen is one of my favorite scenes of this part of the uh episode and it, it just shows his really decisive um his decisive actions and, and and what he's doing and he's just really rallying uh uh, team um, Russia. <laughs> that sounds kind of weird, but he, he's he's really uh, he's really rallying everyone together, and I just think that Hopper, when he operates in this sort of space, he really really does well, and he's operating at at what I consider to be his his uh, his best way of operating in, in general. And he is just uh, laying out this plan to everyone, even Murray's like, you know, this is a little bit crazy. How are we going to get them into the pit? And Jim's, you know, basically saying, you know, just let me worry about all of that. And then we have a uh, brief tender moment between Hopper and Joyce. Uh, and she's just having a little bit of these flashbacks. And this is all after Hopper has revealed his uh, plan to her and to the rest of the uh, gang that that are there in you know back in the Russian prison. 
And then we get Dustin and Eddie fighting the demo bats, and they are such a great team working together, and it's just so sad, uh, the conclusion that we're about to uh, come to for uh, Eddie. And if you guys haven't listened to the uh, little brief uh, brief episode that I that I did uh, before this episode, it's just talking about the uh, real life uh, story and the, the real case of, uh, of another gentleman, but I'll let you guys go back and uh, check that episode out or just listen to it after you've listened to this episode if you haven't uh, caught that one, but it's a really interesting uh, story and it just really plays on the whole satanic panic uh, thing that was going on in the uh, 80s and even up until the early, early 90s. But that was a really interesting uh, uh, case there. But uh, Dustin and Eddie, they are fighting these demo bats together and they just have this real um, camaraderie between the two of them uh, when they're in uh, Eddie's trailer. And uh, we see that they were really well together and they're so funny and they're just so likable. And, you know, and I didn't think that we would have someone that would be comparable uh, as Dustin and Steve uh, as there is Dustin and Eddie. And uh, and it's just uh, it's just so... Uh, crushing um, the way everything happened, but you know, uh, you know, it, it makes for some great storytelling, and uh, the brothers haven't uh, let us down uh, thus far. So I'm really waiting to see what happens next, and I'm really waiting to see where this leaves uh, Dustin because he has uh, been probably one of the most positive uh, out of the group. And I think this is going to put him in a really dark place going into the uh, fifth season. Because he really took it hard, especially when he was talking to Eddie's uh, uncle uh, there in the, uh, in the school gymnasium when he was uh, volunteering. And he's got a little bit of a uh, war wound now. He's got a little bit of a limp. Um, maybe he's going to keep that, uh, keep that limp going on because I know they're going to be jumping right into it. But, you know, there is this, there is this whole thing with a time jump. So maybe that's going to... You know, maybe that's going to be gone and we won't get a little bit of that. But anyway, that's just a little aside there. So the moment when Eddie decides to stay back and uh, basically just buy more time for everyone. He just, in this moment, decides he's not going to run anymore. This is exactly what he is, uh, what he's going to do. And it is, uh, you just know that this is not going to end well for him. Uh, at least... To the point to where he's still alive, and uh, and you just see it on his face, and just uh, the actor that played this just played this uh, so so well. You just see it on his uh, on his face, and he's like, you know what, I'm not going to run anymore, and, and it's really hard to do that as an actor just to display so many emotions without actually saying anything and to have that written all over your face I think that that's one of the harder things to do and I really uh, appreciate it uh, 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 Joseph Quinn that um, just the way he played that role and he's uh, he's really gonna have some uh, some really big acting roles I think coming up here soon especially after this uh, season of stranger things I just hope that uh, that the uh, kids uh, and all mostly mostly adults now <laughs> I hope they don't get pigeonholed to these uh, to these characters that they're so famous for I hope they go on to do uh, greater things after uh, stranger things uh, so 
Max and Vecna meet once again. And this is a moment where this is a showdown between Max, you know, because he, you know, escaped in episode four. And she narrowly escaped. And that was one of the... That, I probably will say, just that moment. Just that whole episode in general. But that was one of the best episodes, I would say, of Stranger Things so far. If it's not the best episode, it's definitely uh, in the top uh, three. Definitely. Uh, for me, it is, at least. And for a lot of people, they're saying that this season is the, uh, the best so far. And I would definitely... Uh, Definitely agree. Um, one, for me, is just a little bit better than this fourth season. But uh, season four, season one and four, definitely uh, the best seasons thus far. Um, so with all that being said, uh, you know, I, I really, really liked uh, this, this whole showdown and just them basically coming full circle because I knew, you know, he's still coming after her, you know, she's still under Vecna's curse, because she's having to listen to, uh, Kate Bush over and over again, so I was like, this is not over, and I knew that when I saw that escape, and, you know, something was gonna, something more was gonna happen, and that's exactly what we're, uh, what we're getting, but we have this, uh, uh, great scene that's coming up here soon, now, we have Lucas and, Jason's fight and Erica basically is uh, is getting is getting away and she's just uh she's she's just a force of nature and she's just a force to deal with and I, I just I just love her character so much because she's so assured she's so confident she's uh sassy as all get out and they really have written her character uh well and you know, Lucas fighting Jonathan and just them having this whole showdown, you know, because we know all this stuff was coming to a head, especially with Jason's uh, satanic panic uh, rants and, and rallying everyone throughout the entire season. We knew this was going to come to a uh, to head at some point, and this is where we wound up uh, during, this, uh, during this particular uh, uh, scene. And then we get uh, Vecna flying through the air and being held by Eleven. I mean, this is just so badass at this very moment. I mean, she's just, I mean, she has complete control, and Vecna is pretty much blindsided by this from the very beginning, and he just, uh, he just, he's like shocked at this moment, and then there's this brief moment where you can see on his face that he's actually afraid, and he's scared, and this is the showdown that we've really been waiting on between Eleven and Vecna. And, and there, there are these brief moments where you can see Henry Creel, number one, or Peter Ballard, depending on where he is or what the, uh, what the time is that they're in. You can see on his face where he's just, he's just really afraid. And just a little bit of uh, number one comes out at that moment. And then the moment uh, Eddie decides to stop running and faces down the demo bats is he's just so decisive in this moment. And he is like, you know, I'm not going to run. I'm going to protect all and help everyone, you know, that I can along the way before before I uh, before I come to my fate. And I don't know if he knew whether or not he was going to die in that moment. 
but he knew that you know in order for him to feel okay and to have no regrets whatsoever this is something that he absolutely had to do and i really appreciate uh the way the way he really went to bat uh, no pun intended there uh for the whole team and he firmly established himself as a pivotal part of the team this this party and he forever be remembered if not by the entire town uh, we know they still had these thoughts on him but at least for uh, with this small small group that he's uh, firmly established himself in I'll be right back and I'm going to take a brief break
adventure again. I will kill you again. Is that what you did? Did you kill me? I am so glad you are here, Eleven. This is going Okay, I'm back. So we get this uh, this moment, which I thought was one of the uh, funnier moments of this particular part of the episode, and it was just um, just the moment where Eleven has piggybacked inside of Max's mind, and Vecna is is uh, there essentially. You know, this is right after the moment where Eleven has thrown Vecna into the school bleachers. And uh, Max is like, huh? Are you real? And then Eleven just says one of the funniest things in this moment. This is what I love about this show so much. Is that there are just these, these dramatic action set pieces. And these horrific, scary moments. And then we have these, just these funny moments that are sewn throughout the, um, the narrative within each and every scene. And Eleven says, you know, I piggybacked from a pizza dough freezer. And, you know, <laughs> and Max is just like, what? You know, just the look on her face. And she she just can't believe what she just said, what's going on. She's like so confused. She's just all out of sorts at this moment. And I just um, really appreciate what, uh, what Max um, has brought to the table and Eleven also bringing this comedic uh, role here um, and and you know what with 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 Eleven she is just uh, she's just so so innocent on a lot of different things the comedy is coming from a different place and it's so natural and just so honest and you know she she is not like this big, you know, laugh em up uh, character, but she she really plays that well because there's all of this uh, innocence behind everything that she's saying and, uh, and and doing. Because, like I said, she's just so innocent. She has she has no idea, you know, of these these concepts um, that 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 are just like normal to her and her mind, but to everyone else, they're just so just so uh, out there so 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 crazy and and it's just like this is this this is great uh the way they played uh together and then there, then then there's uh 11 uh being thrown into Vecna's lair she's just you know she's just inside Max's mind and she's being thrown I mean basically into uh Vecna's lair and he is uh he's you know basically just 
trapping her in there. The upside down vines have got her all tied up and she can't escape. And it's just so eerie, but I just love I just love this entire sequence and just the special effects this season just that alone have just upped the ante you know I don't know if anyone else has noticed but the uh, the Demogorgons or any of the other creatures don't seem as clunky or or a lot of the practical effects um, I'm not gonna say they were taken away but you can definitely tell where the where the CGI and the special effects have definitely been incorporated but they also did do a lot of uh, uh, practical effects because a lot of the layer Beckman's layer is actually uh, is actually just a big sound stage that they built and I just oh that is it's just so wonderful because I love that about the the old uh, TV shows and movies where they would do these you know today there would be these hokey special effects but they would build these huge wonderful uh, set pieces that, that that you would that would see and you could experience and even uh, um, Sadie Sink uh, uh, Max she was saying that she just you know instead of looking at just like this blank space or this you know ball or whatever it is that they have to look at when they're doing uh, motion capture she was actually able to look at uh, Vecna which is um, which is something that really helped her out with the 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 fear factor because they were all really afraid uh, especially uh millie bobby brown and uh and i just love love the way uh eleven tried to appeal to vecna's humanity and uh and of course uh he has no humanity left but this is something that she did with billy and it worked to a certain extent but the hold that the mind flare had on Billy, uh, I guess now at this point we know it was through Vecna. It wasn't as strong of a hold, so this was something that was uh, different. And and you know, Vecna, he's like, nope, you know, yep, uh, uh, Papa, he did this to me. You know, you know, he was he was just a man. He was nothing more. He, he, he had to do all these things to prove that he was bigger than what he really was and he wasn't but you you were the one and and he just you know so he has this real vitriol for her and you can just absolutely see and tell that it was like seething out of him even when he was doing his whole explanation even later on uh, earlier in the season up till now he was just basically talking to his through his teeth and you could see just the anger and but at the same time he understands or, or he realizes and he doesn't understand uh these horrible things that he's doing but this is always the the case for a great um villain is that they just you know what they're thinking that they're doing is is good it's the the good of all just like uh thanos uh or in some cases the joker right and, you know, they think they're doing these great things, but they're doing these horrible things. And this is what makes them so nuanced and so wonderful to see, especially for a uh, for a, a villain. Now, we uh, we get Vecna's time uh, in the Upside Down explained. You know, he was an explorer. Uh, he was unspoiled um, by mankind. Uh, he found an extraordinary thing, which we found out to be is the, uh, the mind flare or uh, 
Boris, but we'll talk about that in another uh, episode. I talked about it a little bit in one of the little uh, aside episodes, like one of the little extra episodes, but we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later once I finish the season. But yeah, that, so it's like, okay, this is starting to make a little bit more sense. And a couple of theories that I have have been blown out of the water for the most part, but I've still got this whole big theory with uh with uh Vecna um so we'll see how that all uh, plays out and we'll see how well and how far that goes so uh Vecna telling Eleven uh her friends have lost while we have cuts to all of the characters you know nearly dying or near death in various ways and it's, it's just so it sits so heavy and it's just like this is just so great this is wonderful storytelling just all of them you know in different variations where you have uh, Hopper he's got this demo dog basically about to chew his face off or you have uh, the, the whole gang that they're in the Krill house and they have these vines that are just basically choking them out I mean and then you you just have all these different scenes playing out then you have Lucas he's basically being bested at this moment by Jonathan and we're just seeing this fear on his face and then you have Max who's being attacked by Vecna and it, it, it's just so so horrifying to see everything that's going on with uh with with everyone and then you have Eddie he's getting eaten by the demo bats and then you have uh you have dustin he's basically trying to trying to get back to eddie and he's basically hurt uh, hurt himself in the process so he's down for for a moment and there's just all these different scenarios and things that are playing out that are just so well paced and uh and it just plays into what Vecna is saying right at this moment all of these things are are happening to our characters and uh and it just uh, it plays so well. So we get uh, so we get Max starting to lift and Eleven dying in Vecna's lair, and he is just and you know he's just you know taking full advantage. And Max is starting to lift and there's just I never had so much tension and so much build up to any and every moment that that we uh, that we have. And this is one of the uh, the best scenes because we're starting to get to the uh, uh, crescendo point here, and I, I I just loved what they uh, what they did with every single moment uh, of this, and I can't uh, I can't uh, stress that enough just how much I loved these uh, these moments that are playing out so so well on the screen and it's just really just pulling us in every single moment so i'm gonna take a brief break here again and i will be right back different like me 
not you. Not you. You're right. You and I, we are different. And Papa did hurt me. But he was no monster. He was just a man. An ordinary, mediocre man. That is why he sought greatness in others. In you. In me.
Okay, remember that. You're the heart. El, I don't know if you can hear this, but, but if you can, I want you to know I'm here, okay? I'm right here. And I love you. El, do you hear me? I love you. I'm sorry I don't say it more. It's not because I'm scared of you. I'm not. I, I've never felt that way. Never. But I am scared that one day you'll realize that you don't need me anymore. And I thought that if I said how I felt, it would somehow make that day hurt more. But the truth is, El, I don't know how to live without you. I feel like my life started that day we found you in the woods. You were wearing that yellow Benny's Burgers t-shirt, and it was so big it almost swallowed you whole. <laughs> and I knew right then and there, in that moment, that I loved you. And I've loved you every day since. I love you on your good days. I love you on your bad days. I love you with your powers. I love you without your powers. I love you for exactly who you are. You're my superhero. And... I can't lose you, okay? Do you hear me? I can't lose you. You can do anything. You can fly. You can move mountains. I believe that. I really do. But right now, you just have to fight, okay? El, do you hear me? You need to fight. You have to fight. Fight! Alright, I'm back. So we get this moment uh, where Mike is saying that he loves Eleven and just his whole speech to her is one of the best scenes uh, uh, in this episode. It's one of the it's, it's truly, truly one of the uh, one of the best scenes in this episode, just because he knows that that Eleven is starting to die by Vecna's hand. And he's there, and he's got this whole the uh, whole uh, uh, California pizza guys behind him, surfer boy pizzas, you know, all, all this going on, and they're they're kind of like rallying behind him and they're looking at him because they don't know exactly what's 
what what he's going to say or what's going on but he's just there in the moment and he's finally saying these things that he didn't get a chance to say and it's almost like he's saying these things knowing that there's a possibility that she could die and he's saying all these things all these all the right things he's saying to to get her to keep fighting to not give up to to get the best of Vecna once once again and this is just a rallying crying call to uh to 11 to just get up and fight and continue to fight for not only herself but for everyone and she's got the weight of the world on her shoulders and this is a lot for this uh for this character to 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 do and 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 just to have the weight of the world on you it's got to be exhausting and a lot all at the same time and to, to know that she hasn't necessarily won and you know i say that you know there's a lot of uh, star wars parallels because there's you know that this i would consider to be the empire strikes back just as the Dover brothers have said pretty much the uh, the same thing and you know because they didn't really win at the end of all of this they they just they didn't win they they lost and there's this moment later on i'll talk about in the uh, next volume where uh, uh 11 she is just uh she's just so sad because she knows that that she couldn't save max or at least in the way that she wanted to fully to get her home safely and she's struggling with this. And this is almost akin to some of the things that Luke Skywalker went through. So that's this is why I have the theory on Vecna being her father. Because it's like the Empire Strikes Back, I am your father. You know, the whole, everyone knows that whole scene. He's like, no, you know, I can just almost just see something like that uh, playing out. And the brothers, you know, heard some of these theories. I think they probably are listening to the podcast we'll just we'll just assume that right but you know they they just uh they said that's that's really dark and that would be that would probably upset a couple couple people but you know that's this is why uh star wars is so beloved because there's this family dynamic and life is never you know i haven't said this in quite a while but life is never never that simple it's always complicated especially when it comes to family i know a lot of you probably know this and i i know this uh all too well myself so it's just you know i i think this is a really good theory and it all plays into what i've been what i've been saying and i truly really want to be right about this because this would be like the biggest upset in this entire series to something like that have to have to finally have this humanoid uh character this victim to come out and you know finally get uh, get all of this uh out there and to have her further uh further you know go into this despair especially after papa so luke is finally getting the better of jason because he's seeing that uh max is lifting into the air he just you know okay it's like all these characters are fighting and this is what i love about these characters they they fight to the very end. I mean, they give all that they have, whether it's Eddie, Dustin, Steve being a leader, or it's Hopper, just you know, Murray coming in at the last moment to to save them, just or to rescue them rather. It, it's just really a, a great, uh, great moment for all of our characters. And then Dustin uh, screaming uh, for Eddie. He's just screaming out for him. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. And Max unofficially, officially dies. Just that moment into some of this music. 
And then Murray uh, uh, and his flame throwing ways, just him throwing all of, you know, all these flames all over the place and, you know, killing these Demogorgons. And we're finally starting to get a bit of an upper hand. And this is one of the best moments that, I, that I've seen from, uh, from Murray. He, he's really a character that I, I really liked from, from his inception. At first, when he first comes into uh, Hopper's office in season one, because a lot of people don't remember, he's been there since uh since season one uh season season one he's coming there he's like you know you know and then basically <clears throat> um hopper's just making fun of him oh you know i you know at the same time you know uh basically he's making a santa claus reference and he's always been there lurking and you know i would love to see a spinoff show with him you know doing paranormal investigations and things like that but anyway with all that being said so so hopper uh and the sword of the sword and a crispy demogorgon coming through oh this is definitely like dungeons and dragons and where did he get that sword from i have no idea but that sword was so bad ass it was just uh it was just like he just pulls this thing out and starts hacking away at this uh crispy demogorgon and um yeah, that, that that was just one of my favorite uh, favorite scenes. And Hopper cutting off the arm and just when they go slow motion, it's, uh, oh, and then at the same time, Vecna going up in flames and just, just everything. You know that they're starting to win, but they haven't fully closed the gate on, uh, on them uh, winning and, and, and beating this upside down world. And Max awakens in Lucas's arms, and she can't see, she can't feel anything. She's scared, and it's just, uh, it's just so crushing for me. And and then we have the uh, T two Sarah, this is Terminator two Sarah Connor moment with Nancy and the shotgun. Oh my God! I jumped out of my seat. I was like, yes, and she is just bad ass. I mean, full on. She's just loading into him. I mean, round after round, and he's not winning. And we have uh, him on flames. I mean, this is just some of the best imagery I've seen from this series, hands down. Period. There's nothing that 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 one scene right there to me that was one of the best scenes outside of Hopper cutting off the arms. Uh, the limbs, uh, and then finally the head of the Demogorgon, one of the best scenes that I've seen uh, so far. And then, you know, of course, uh, Hopper cuts off the Demogorgon's uh, uh, its head, and it's just like such gratification from that. It's like, yes, you finally have done what needed to be done. And then Dimitri and Yuri arrive in the helicopter as Murray cheers them on this is a, such a great 80s moment such we finally come to this end of our quest we have gotten here and then the you know the the, the whole uh, team comes starts to come together and then you have eddie he dies in dustin's arms this is one of the biggest and one of the uh best moments and one of the saddest, most poignant moments of this series uh, so far. And all of the deaths have, you know, whether it was uh, uh, Sean Austin, 
uh, Bob Newby, whether him dying or whether it was, uh, and, and it seems like uh, just these deaths come out of nowhere. But we kind of sense this coming on with Eddie, basically him not running away, him, you know, saying he's going to graduate, and you know. And I think he was a little bit older than a lot of these other kids. He probably would have been probably 19, almost 20 years old. But we're going to talk about that in a little while. He probably would have been closer to Jonathan, Nancy, and Steve's age and, and even uh, Robin. But we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later because I've got some other theories later on once I come back with the, uh, with the uh, episode and with the uh, podcast full-fledged. But... Yeah, so, you know, and, and, you know, and just Eddie saying, I didn't run away this time. And, you know, Moby in the background uh, playing When It's Cold, I'd Like to Die, which is one of my favorite songs. I was like, every time I hear that, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that they are including this song because that's actually on one of my uh, playlists. And, I, you know, I'm a real big Moby fan. I have been since the early 90s. And for them to uh to have that include and if any if anyone wants to know moby actually came out in the uh in the late 80s and he was really big in the uh, london underground uh electronica uh um, scene, uh, especially in the club scene, and then he get, became really big in the early 90s in like uh, New York and LA and places like that. Uh, in the early 90s, he's had several albums, and if you you probably know his music, a lot of a lot of you know a lot of us probably know his music, and he really uh, he really really is a great artist. Um, in the Jason Bourne series. Uh, they play a lot of his songs, and if you've ever been in any elevator, you've probably heard uh, his music or you know, any kind of soundtrack on any television show or movie. You've heard his music somewhere because he does a lot of music uh, like that, or it's kind of like really amboyant. It's in the background, but it's you know, and some of it's really good. Of course, a lot of people know um, a lot of his songs um, from the album Play, which is one of his biggest albums uh even to this day so max and lucas arms these actors are just so good in this scene i mean and of course colby when it you know uh uh moby when it's cold i'd like to uh i'd like to die it just this you know this is the most emotional scene in the series so far because he is just playing this up so so well and i'm i just i just love everything that they did with uh with this particular part of the uh of the series and i can't wait to uh to jump into uh the final part of this uh this episode on uh volume three like i said i really wanted to dive deep into a lot of the uh a lot of the story the sequences this everything that has has come within this uh extended uh episode because this was a huge episode it was a long episode but anyway i'm going to uh stop on a cliffhanger as i normally do per these uh volumes and we're gonna have the final volume come out in about a uh in a day in a day or two well this has been tony with a stranger things podcast i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and i'll see you guys in the upside down
You have. 